Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundant Success series. Our primetime mastermind talks to women in business, the importance of entrepreneurship. I have the legendary platinum multi-award winning Sugar Chi. She talks to us about her journey as an entrepreneur and community activist. She was uh, actually inspired to be an entrepreneur through the work with her grandfather when she was a teenager, working with the community, learning how to interconnect with the community to better serve that community. From there, she and her brothers formed the Click, and they went on to multi-platinum status in the entertainment industry with their socially conscious lyrics. She talks to us about the psychology of marketing how to target market, how to interconnect and to respect the community you serve. She talks about her personal experiences as a black woman trying to start her own cosmetic company and get her fragrances in major department stores. You can go to sprinkleme.biz to go and find out about her fragrances and makeup line as well as go to Sugar Tea. She still performs still has socially conscious lyrics, talks about the music business then, her rise, her learning experience, her going back to school, and interconnecting with various cultures and people, and how we need to better serve not only our community, think about entrepreneurship, think about serving those who are of all racial backgrounds, but also respect Black business. Sugar Tea and I are coming at you right now. As a woman in the industry at that time, um, you're coming up with um, some pretty interesting dynamics in terms of the world of uh, rap and hip hop. Um, were there any alliances? Uh, did you make some pretty good friends with some of the early women of what we call the rap scene and hip hop? Well, yeah, definitely. I was um, I was a fan of Roxanne Shantae. She was a fan of mine at the same time. Um, I was able to, uh, she was uh, very inspirational hearing her music on this side while I was, you know, on the playground putting my music out and on this side representing. And it just happened to be that we ran across each other one day, which I uh, was very excited about and knew I would. And she gave me a humanitarian award. She made it very clear that um, if it wasn't for me and her hearing me on this side <laughs> that she she wants to come over she wanted to come to the Bay Area to meet me and to hang out just because of what I was pushing in my music message and it was a mutual understanding it was the same on my side which was why I never really got in the middle of the East Coast West Coast mess um, I was always a fan of you know East Coast <laughs> East Coast um, music you know as well as West Coast music just music in general old and new. But, yeah, I've met quite a bit of, of the ladies of that time and gotten to work with some of them in different capacities. Um, and, um, yeah, kind of cool. And um, your music, I know the click, um, broke out in the early 90s. And then, of course, uh, your your uh, group members also put out their own individual. But that music today gets play in movies and and. <laughs> And other other places, and I'm, I'm sure that's something that you couldn't have even thought of back then. How does that make you feel that uh, your impact is still out there? 
You know, it's amazing. Um, we actually started started putting out music in 84, so that was really the beginning mm-hmm. of our music career. So um, mm-hmm. to see it go from 84 to today um, is definitely interesting and definitely was, um, wasn't even thought, I didn't even think twice of it, that it could even happen. <laughs> but it's motivating <laughs> to make you keep wanting to do it. <laughs> Makes you want to keep up the fight, you know, when it's a fight because it ain't uh-huh. easy. <laughs> It's not easy at all. It's still you're here, and and the thing about it is many of your contemporaries aren't in the business and unfortunately aren't here, so that's a good testament. I heard you went back to school, and you got your your bachelor's and master's, and and, uh, you're a woman entrepreneur, which is really inspiring, too. And I want yes. you to talk about the empowering mm-hmm. part of your life of of really taking that that stand. You know, it was um, thank you. It was it was um, it was really a forced fed thing for me. Origin originally, I came in as an executive. I started my own business when I was eight with my grandfather, and then from that point on, you know, explored a lot of different entrepreneurial endeavors in between. Um, in between the time of making music the mainstay. Um, So 11 years old, I had my own business. At 15, I had a business on welfare. I served people, got donations. I was a mother, a teenage mom at 16. And so I found a way to serve, you know, a certain clientele that I knew got a check every first of the month and that could use the service of me coming to them. So I created a mobile hair boutique um, and went to their home. So, um, and then, of course, later, uh, you know, soon later, I ended up <clears throat> getting, uh, you know, acclimated into the Click um, Sequitive Record, our family label, and being brought in as an executive, co- um, coached as an executive, and brought in as an executive and a talent, and you know, was given the entrepreneurial skills how to run a record label, and and forced, of course, eventually into how to run a management company and entertainment company. And then eventually, um, you know, figuring out how to balance that out um, as transition came, you know, from um, different experiences as a woman, as a mother, as a sister, as a woman in the family business, in the male chauvinist business, in a, <laughs> a business of all different types of turns that you got to take. So um, I was forced, um, really forced into creating other opportunities for myself. Um, and that was only because at time, you know, there was, it allowed me to have more freedom, um, to do other things and balance things out in my personal life in which, um, was very important, you know, because having a professional life that's successful but a balanced personal life could do nothing but kill you inside and out and eventually you could end up a miserable, mm-hmm. crazy soul. So I kind of forced myself to have that balance and truly understood that, you know, I could always create and operate the record label machine and I could, you know, create a music project at the drop of a hat. That's easy, you know, making a hit song, um, six, you know, being, you know, recording is easy for me and making music is a second nature, whether, you know, it's, it's any kind. So what I would do is I would explore all my talents <clears throat> in which is blues, jazz, you know, gospel, my roots as well as write songs for other people, you know, and it, you know, put me in a position where today I actually have about 20 albums, you know, from when I first started, including my my group albums of all different types. So um, doing that 
I knew that that was easy, but running a business and building something else that I could lean on just in case it all failed or if I lost my voice or if I just didn't want to do it or if I have to deal with all the different political aspects that come along with the music business and in life just in general as a person, um, building a business was important to me. So I definitely um, just started expanding from having a record label into adding other other parts to my life, taking a balanced break of being able to personal develop, professional, spiritual development, and just really uh, building an, an area that, that kept me a safe space. Um, but unfortunately, doing that <laughs> always brought about uh, challenges because everyone wasn't on the same page as me all the time, and they mm-hmm. couldn't. Uh, they, their path was a little uh, different from mine, and they didn't feel the convictions or the the responsibilities, you know, uh, to, that I did because I was around men. So. A woman has right. to go home to her child eventually. You know what I mean? Otherwise, yeah. as you know, mm-hmm. she's. I wouldn't be a proud mother by not being connected to my child's life. I wouldn't want my. I didn't want my mother to say she raised my kids. I didn't want a nanny to say she raised my kids. I didn't want to live with that burden or that guilt, and even given an opportunity for anybody to throw that in my face. So there was a lot of sacrifices that I made and put certain things in front, you know, which caused certain turmoil, which caused me to have to build a business and have to build other um, securities around me so I could, you know, maintain. And that's how I ended up having an enterprise of multiple divisions with the school, the online school, with, um, of course, the record label and production company, TV music and event production. Um, I built a fragrance production company as well um, in a time of, of need and transition. And then um, got a few charities and uh, social networks, a Young Grandmother's Club, as well as a, um, a female empowerment um, organization. And, uh, you know, participate in charity elements around autism. So that's that's the life of my enterprise. <laughs> and it definitely was forced fed, and then it just became natural. <laughs> and going back to school and getting the master's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to ask. Um, we um, talked off air a little bit about the whole support thing and how um, many women of color don't feel particularly welcome in some of these. It's not just one type of beauty um, boutique, but many of them. They kind of ignore us or they don't really take us seriously. I know many times I've waited at a counter only to be waiting 15 or 20 minutes and thinking, you know, why am I here? I can go online. But I thought I'd ask you this question. There used to be a time when African-Americans, period, used to have to buy from other African-Americans. We produced our mm-hmm. own products, and we had a lot more going on within our community. So I thought I would ask you this as a business person. Don't you think that we should get back to that? Yeah, I, you know what? I totally agree. Um, I think we 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 are responsible, um, I think, for the actions of others, and but we constantly blame it on others sometimes. So in some cases mm-hmm. we are and in some cases we're not. Um, I think if they see us buying from our own, you know, then they would learn to appreciate us more because they'll know that we do have those options. I mean, we will take that option and get permission to do it, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But absolutely, when you talk about, you know, experiences in, in boutiques, that was um I I haven't had any super crazy experiences in the in the the boutique areas but I've had them inside of um 
very limited in boutiques, but inside of mostly stores, um, wing stops, different, oops, <laughs> anyway, yeah, different types of franchises, you know, where right. they're, they think it's okay not to smile at you and take your money. Um, where if you want your food a certain way, they get mad as if you're just supposed to accept your food messed up. You know, I've gotten kicked out of, of places, you know, and, um, and really responded in a way that, uh, you know, I felt was necessary because of the disrespect. Um, I've gotten kicked out of some Indian restaurants. Uh, one of them, a lady, they were closing up in between the day, and I didn't know they closed, and I was asking her questions about the meal. Um, they didn't have a sign-up or anything, and she just about, you know, cussed me out, kicked me out, and talked crazy to me because I was asking questions, and I never knew that I was not even supposed to be there at that time, and she didn't even share it with me or they didn't have any sign. You know, and it's like instead of just being polite about it, they were rude and ugly and disrespectful. Um, so, you know, it's been a couple different times that I've had different types of experiences, and the sad part is I tried to call the news. I tried to call um, you know, the health board, um, in some food, in, in some of the, uh, hospitality where there was food being served. I tried to call, um, the Better Business Bureau and wrote letters. No one does anything. They don't get back to you. You know, they don't ask you for any type of, um, explanation. Um, they don't have nowhere except for Yelp to write something. And a lot of times I went to Yelp and seen the reactions and, it's like some of them are there. They just get away with treating people like this, and it's perfectly okay. Hmm. Yeah, now we're talking about community service, and we're also talking about public relations in business. And it's interesting. Interesting times where everybody's looking at their iPads, iPhones, iThis, iThat, and customer service out the window. I'm not blaming it all on social media, I'm not blaming it all on the times. But times are different. There used to be a major emphasis on public relations and how you treat people. I totally agree. I totally agree. Absolutely so. And um, today, um, I, I yes. joke about this, but mm -hmm. it's sad. Um, you mm -hmm. can go to a Walmart and go into the checkout line, and the person on the other side is looking at you like, what the hell are you doing here? I'm telling you, and that's why, you know, that's what encouraged me to put my boutique online. I'm like, you know, I can put special notes and, you know, and watch the behavior of the people and really keep a good log of who's taking their time to do that and make them feel good because when you do, it's not fair to people. I think that, first of all, like you said about the customer service, I don't get how how people will serve you without a smile. Who in the world yeah. gets away with that? And I have seen communities of different races be okay with not cracking a smile and taking our money, okay? And I don't like it. I have walked out of places, and this is not even sugar tea. I purposely go places to not be a star because I like the real. 
You know what I mean? Right. I like the right. uncut real. Don't kiss my butt because you think I'm somebody. Don't fake in front and act like you like me because I'm supposed to be considered special. I'm just like anybody else, and I want to be treated and respected e- even if I was an average common person from day to day because that shows me your character. We're supposed to be good to everybody and appreciate everybody. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it really bothers me when I see them do that. I've seen people, like, literally frown up while they're cooking your food. I don't want that kind of energy over my food. I'll walk out in a heartbeat. And it's and, and I don't get how they're okay with this. And um, a lot of these different foreigners come over and buy these franchises, and they buy them in the neighborhood, and they buy them in the neighborhood where it's people that are different from them and from their culture. And they treat you like crap. They expect for you to understand their language, you know, their twang. And if you don't understand, you don't know the nice way to say, I don't understand. They get offended if you say that, if you continuously ask them, I'm sorry, I don't understand, or what was that, or they get offended. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you have a twang, and I don't understand it, and you're in a neighborhood serving this group of people that don't have this twang, and you should be able to adjust to this and actually, you know, understand that this is going to happen because you know you're different from who you're serving. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's <laughs> so many layers. And I think we've put in, you know, we've put, everyone is, let the youngsters do it. Let the youngsters do it. Everyone puts the younger generation on a pedestal so heavy, which I like. I don't have anything against the younger generation. But. It's not just in the world of customer service, but it's also in the music world. It's also in the um, common space in corporate world. The youngsters think that they can just talk to you any kind of way and they don't have to respect you. And a lot of them have funky attitudes. You know what I mean? And they don't have patience. Um, and, it's, and it's horrible. And when you're black and you're a black woman in these places that are not used to seeing blacks or that are um, have limited amount of diversity in their space, you know, I've gotten ran out of places. Like, they looked at me as a fragrance owner. Um, try, I was trying to get wholesale and retail accounts and learn on my own at one point in 2006 to see how people responded, you know, to wholesale. Um, and I was my own sales and account executive. They didn't even know I was the owner of the company or anything. And, I mean, I walked in some of those places, and they was looking at me like, get out. What are you doing here, black girl? Get get out of here. And, I mean, literally, they pretty much told me that. You black deal don't belong here. Get out of here. We don't want nothing to do with you, you know, or, or the products you got. And, I mean, that's what also encouraged me to start my own line because I said, you know what, I want to master this business because we use all these beauty products. We use all these different types of um of fragrances and we're like the number one you know making up a a large percentage of sales of all these things that they're selling to us and being taught how to come out here and get our money you know they're they're taught how to do our nails and talk what to say to us whether they know the english or not they know the key things to say to certain races this is actually a course that's being taught on how to relate to us and take our money you know and to be disrespectful and to be told by a distributor that distributes to a beauty industry that they don't do business outside of their own. I've been told that, you know what I mean, as a fragrance owner. Yeah. Well, we've also heard ourselves because 
we'll want, um, and, and I'm just going to be real with this. You know, you said be, I'm going to be real. They'll want yes. you to cut your prices because your sister, oh, you know, you know, you can do this for us. And many times we disrespect ourselves. We even show ourselves, you know, yep. as a people. I agree. And we don't love yep. ourselves enough. Mm-hmm. I, I want to tell you this. My people were in the music mm-hmm. and the ministry in the 60s, grand people. And mm-hmm. they were brought up by Barry Gordy. And well, then you could sell your uh, your product, your brand, to another black person. Then we also had hotels and, and nightclubs because we were right on the cusp of what they would deem integration. Now, you know, mm-hmm. any law that's passed in one state or nationally doesn't get around to all the states at the same time. So many of the integrated laws were still happening, in the, even in the 70s and early 80s in some southern states, okay? So mm-hmm. we could do that with one another at a certain point in time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw this question out. As a business person, now you're going through this. Integration of public accommodations and, and all that stuff happened in the 60s and early 70s. We're still going through that crap now. Do you think that the whole integrated thing has helped us as a whole, or do you think that we still have a long ways to go? Um, well, you know, I think I think a lot of it is um, is 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 a, a is, oh my god, there's so many layers. I think there's a distraction first of all. Um, there's layers that that have have where where leaders have lacked. Um, there's different generations that um, that have different conditionings, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Different, less consciousness of certain prideful elements that we were taught. Um, there is not a lot of boundaries in a, a, a sense of, you know, love my sister or love your brother, right. your fellow brethren mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, so each generation, I think, has a different view, and I think that's where the disconnect is. And somewhere along the line, Big Mama dropped the ball and didn't keep teaching the pride, you know what I mean? Or the things that are distracting us more took over. They didn't, We didn't balance out the element of we're still black. We still need to make sure that we have our pride just like all the other races have that option to do it, and they're not considered prejudiced because they're buying from one another or because they are proud of who they are. But why, when we do it, you know, we 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 all of a sudden are now we're prejudiced. You know, we're the angry ones when we're not angry. I'm proud right. to be black. I love being black. I would never want to be another race, and I have nothing against other races, but I love who I am. You know what I mean? Every side of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I love my people. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I should have that right, and we should have the right and not have to be ashamed to express that and show that. So somewhere along the line, somebody kind of lacked a little bit in these generations of making sure that that, that conversation stayed consistent in the home. And then, of course, with the limited amount of um, of the consciousness throughout other outlets, in media and their peers and schools and them slowly, you know, taking away certain uh, certain parts and slipping in certain presentations of who we are and what we should be about, um, it, I think it helped us become more biased towards one another. 
You know, like if you're not driving a Lexus, then now, you know, why should I buy something from you or why should I help you? You know, it's like the total opposite of like if I buy something from you, I'm helping you. There's a, a dark cell uh, psychology, you know, against ourselves <laughs> that if you buy from you, you're helping. And it's like, no, if you buy from me, you're buying something that you would have bought somewhere else and you buy the product because you like the product. You know what I mean? And as long as I'm giving 100%. you professional service, you give me? Does that make sense or is it just me? Because I'm like. It makes sense. I mean, because if, if, you, if you look at the evolution, even in music, people are buying from Motown. They weren't looking at it as a black company, but it was, right? Well, it yeah. definitely was. When you looked at, you know, the, Har- uh, the um, Harlem area, the Apollo Theater and the Howard mm-hmm. Theater, the other, whites were buying because they liked the quality of what we were doing. Somehow right. and somewhere along the way, mm-hmm. um, even when we had uh, Jet and Ebony, when they were major big things, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, publications to buy, we had mm-hmm. these. They were major. Yeah. They were monsters. You don't see them anymore. And uh, yes. you, you, and I look at, and it goes back even farther than before I was even born. Um, now yes. you get many of our iconic brands. They have to sell their uh, their photos, the, the the most important mm-hmm. part of their publishing, mm-hmm. because we're not, you know, we're not mm-hmm. patronizing it. And yeah, then support one another. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So, yeah, taking accountability. Yes. It is a definitely, mm-hmm. definitely accountability. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm saying that, that uh, mm-hmm. we need to get back to that because in every other gen- uh, uh, ethnic group, their dollar bounces in their community far longer than ours. That's ours right. Just goes straight out. Yes, it does. Ours it doesn't just... even, it don't even hit two hands before it get out. Don't even, yeah, I totally agree with you. And, and I think that, you know, this should be taught at churches. The churches should be sharing this. The churches in the hood should be sharing this. You know, it should be taught in school. You know, it should definitely be taught in all the classes. You know, and it should be taught by our own leadership. And I think there's quite a lack of leadership. Everyone's gotten so comfortable. And next thing you know, your stuff has slipped out your hand. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and that's the way the that I is, feel. I mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. This is talking about this whole thing. We leave it to a public school system that doesn't even teach American history correctly. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what you saw yesterday mm-hmm. on one of the evening news. White kids challenged a publisher about how they were being taught that Christopher Columbus landed and discovered America when he didn't. He discovered the Caribbean islands. <laughs> oh, wow. The kids, these kids were no older than six or seven years old. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. that is wow. an eye open. He, he, <laughs> he didn't discover America. Couldn't look out and see there was land. Yeah, but he didn't. Look. So we are wow. waiting for somebody else of another race to tell us who we are. Yeah. And, and yeah. this. they teach us in school. And another kid asked yeah. me this. Sure. He said, look, um, American slaves were brought over. But how did they know the slaves would work in America if there weren't Africans in America already? Ah, so that came out of the mouth of a nine-year-old. Nine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's deep. I, I think about it. 
American Indians were here, but I believe Africans were here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Possibly. And that's the thing is it's all about, you know, us taking responsibility, you know, of our own. And I think that's where we, again, become uncomfortable. We let our ki- we let the, the TV raise our kids. You know, we let the music tell us what to do. You know what I mean? Like you said, you let other people only rely on their information. And that is not, I, don't, I think that's probably one of the most un, uh, wise, unwise and unhealthy things to do. And if we could, you know, kind of get out of partying all the time and, you know, focusing on who's the coolest. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and who's got the hippest language <laughs> and you know, who's got who's got the, 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 the most bangingest song and you know, who's ready to go get high and, and go smoke some weed. Who ain't black enough, exactly. <laughs> who ain't hood enough, you know, I'm considered girl, what's so funny is I'm considered an outlaw because I don't smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? And the culture is of smoking weed, and I don't. I'd rather, I think it's, for me, it's great for others if they enjoy it and if they have to do it for their health or whatever their purpose of balancing it out is. But I just feel that, you know, if you're singing and you're using your voice, to me, it's just, it's it's like taking a chance of your instrument, you know. And when it comes to, you know. Destroy themselves with it. They destroy themselves. Thank you. They destroy Thank you. Absolutely. You know, although, you know and they, they don't, they're not going to say that. Their voices are wrecked, and they don't sound and like come they on. used to. Like, come on, come on. But they think they sing better. The girl, they think they sing better. They think they can make a hotter song when they high. And I'm like, no, that's not true. That's in your mind. So it's like mm-hmm. the substance in them in this in this stuff can mess our minds up as we know later we don't know what they putting in this stuff but just because they say no. you can do it you do it just because they say you can smoke weed now you're going to smoke it i know us that i know some that says well you know i can't wait to get high because we can do it now it's like just because they say you can you do it <laughs> so it's it's a different mentality that we got to pick up i feel and take responsibility and then we can make others you know respect us and appreciate us more and when they see us being you know okay with being dumbed down and accepting anything and it's business as usual from day to day and we're not standing up for nothing looking out for one another you know um i think they they do take advantage of it you know what i'm saying and see i was taught growing up you know by my mom is when you see another black person i don't care where you at and what you do, and you acknowledge them. You know what I'm saying? Period. I don't care if you don't like them. When they're when you're around any other race, you do not put them down because you got enough people already putting us down. So you don't need to add to that. Okay. I was told you got to work ten times harder than the average person because you're black. So you better make sure that you work hard and that you put things in place for yourself so that you can stand up and be the opposite of what we're told that we're supposed to become. You know what I mean? That was as a child growing up. As I got older, conversations changed. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I don't know the line we started lacking. Yeah, we started lacking. We didn't keep that conversation going. You see what I'm saying? And later, it's not our fault. It's not anybody else's fault. It's I believe Come on. Much, much of it is our fault. It's our fault. It's you accountability. Know? 
I'm to a place where, you know, when I hear people, to be honest with you, only focusing on the others and how they do us, I've seen so many things that we've done to one another to where I get high blood pressure just from the conversation because I know difference. You know what I mean? I've been kicked around many times from choices that I made, you know, that made sense. Breaking away to get a master's degree, I've had two masters. I've had people who was in my uh, in my circle. Well, you got a master's degree. Why don't you just use it? So they just pull away the things of privilege that I deserve and that I, you know, should been able to incorporate in my life or my career to make things a little easier. But just because I went and got a degree, they were upset about that. <laughs> wow, that's not good. I mean, yeah, you know, that's that's that would be, that would that. Today, actually, it's a major plus. I mean, you know, it's a major plus to go ahead and go get that education if you can do it and, and incorporate it back into what you're doing. Just something you can control, you know, something that's yours, something that you can say you accomplished. You know, in the entertainment industry, you never know what can happen. As you know, you have to rely on people to put you in the media. you got to rely on, on people everywhere to buy your music, to do this, to do that. So, therefore, if you have that kind of a backup and that strength, it always keeps you where you can balance yourself out and know that you got that backup. And, of course, the education part to it. And for me, it was about let me let my kids know that I'm, I can do something in this manner so they can follow my steps. And let me be a better example to these that I'm mentoring, you know, that they're not only following me thinking they're going to be successful like a rapper like me and not, you know, and feeling like I'm just only successful because I'm a rapper. It's like, no, there's other things that you can do too. And there's other places that I've visited you know, to make sure that I had a well-rounded experience because you never know what could happen. So being a walking example was important, you know, to me. You know what I mean? And so I've been ridiculed, can, you know, because of that. Mm-hmm. How can we find out about what you're doing? What are your websites? And we, I see that your schedules, you know, you got the Hip Hop uh, Music Awards and the West Coast Music Awards, BT Music Awards coming up in Los Angeles. You've got a lot of great things on your, your plate. Yes, I'm <laughs> sure, sure. I'm headed out to BET. We'll be campaigning. I got a lot of spots I'm hitting doing a few different networking events and a whole lot that's going on out there all into that experience. You can follow me at sugar-t, again, at sugar-t, and then my website is sugar-t.com. You can shop in the Sprinkle Me Boutique at sprinkleme.biz. Again, sprinkleme.biz. Um, and always keep being a search engine, and I promise all of my information will always come up, sugar-t. <laughs> this has been a great great conversation, a great interview. Thank you for being with me. Of course. Thank you. And I'm so happy that we um, were able to accomplish a conversation that made sense because it gets a little bored sometimes, girl, talking about sex, money, alcohol, and drugs. And that seems to be the whole conversation. <laughs> That seems to be the going conversation in hip-hop today in order for you to be considered relevant. you know what I mean? Well, that will be in our third interview. Girl, yes, you do. That's the purpose of me putting out the new work song, okay? Let's get it. Yes. Well, you're invited back anytime to let us know what you're up to, and uh, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you, and thank you. And, again, can, I, I encourage the listeners to visit my boutique. I'll take good care of you. Sprinkle me, biz. And always remember that you can take control of your environment by taking responsibility to you that feel like you're a victim. You can homeschool your kids. 
You can get your own information, and it makes sense to stand for something versus nothing. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. You have a wonderful evening.